butt down that big elbow on the dick. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't do Macho Man anymore, man. I'm, I smoke too much. This is Lord Crab. While that power mad fiend Shredder is battling those battles of turtles on Earth this morning, I suppose I will kick in the technodrome and listen to those two pestilential podcasters from Dimension Earth. Bebop and Rocksteady. I forgive you. I mean, Rob and Josh for another episode of Turtle Flames. <laughs> I crack myself up. Cowabunga, dudes who do that, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes Podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and joining with me, as always, is my main man, my partner in Ninja Turtle Crime, Mr. Josh O'Rourke. Hi. Hey, Hi. good morning, man. How have you been doing? Oh, not too bad. Just, you know. Doing stuff, the same old thing. Nothing, nothing really changes for me. Hey, I'm sure you're still writing and gaming, and and re- we got an excellent book to talk about today. So I've, you've been up to a, quite a bit, I'm sure. Yeah, you know it's been pretty busy. So I'm turn that off there. So yeah, it's been pretty busy. Yeah. Uh, keeping up with trying to trying trying to think of things to write. It's like okay, I kind of wrote about everything I know. <laughs> I'm pooched. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, I'm the another thing is I got a gaming channel on YouTube, and I'm cha- kind of having a lot of fun doing that because it's just an excuse to play more video games. You're like, wow, it's research, I swear. Yeah, it's it's for the it's for the channel, and you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Like, I should be writing. Yeah, but this is fun. Just one more. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, today, guys, we are back to the the IDW series. We issue ninety five came out this week. And boy, oh boy, uh, we got some awesome things to talk about. I'm really excited about it. And I have to say, a little teaser, Josh called this a long time ago, or at least... Okay, yeah, so there's really one thing that happens in this book. Because, like, it's really, it's, it is by the numbers IDW Ninja Turtles the whole time, where, like, sure. there's huge stakes, people talking about those stakes, People talking about what they're going to do and what can happen. You get a little bit of a tease of something that potentially is huge later on. And then there's a little bit of a fight. And then something really big happens. And that's the end of the issue. And you got to wait a month for, uh, for yeah. the next thing to happen. And you know what? That's what this series does, man. You know, I haven't talked about it in a long time. But this series does comas and cliffhangers better than any other <laughs> ever. That's true. Comas and cliffhangers. I like that. <laughs> you know, it, it really does. And I am very surprised by how, from what I'm seeing, I haven't read everything, but I'm really surprised the positive feedback. Yeah. Is, you go there, it's kind of, it's do or die at that point. Well, it's interesting you bring that up. Yeah, it has been really positive, the reception of the cliffhanger ending that we get, um, yeah. it, which is really refreshing. But I think the reason it is, and I'm sure we'll get into it, is the way that character was set up in the first place. Yeah. I, I really do. I really do. And, and yeah. w- that's a little teaser for you. So stay tuned for what we're talking about here in a little bit. Yeah, we're going to talk about the issue in about 10 minutes, and we're going to talk about one page in a half hour. Because <laughs> just the, the, you kind of can't help. The implications of it are just that they're daunting, you know? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm excited about it. And yeah. you know, when I read that, as soon as I turned to that page, I said, "Josh, you son of a gun!" <laughs> <laughs> I that was the first thing I did. Was I'm reading on my iPad, and that page happened. And I went to Nicole's, like, "Oh my God, look what happened!" And Nicole says, <laughs> "Nicole's like, you called that like <laughs> you, She's you right. called that like two years ago when you talked to Kevin Eastman." I was like, "Oh man, I completely forgot about that." You know, she oh said, yeah, like, you completely told kevin eastman that that's what needs to happen yeah you i remember you asking about that oh oh i forgot all about that i know you always wanted this to happen let i forgot you talked to him about it let's be clear i am not the reason this happened yes you are (laughs) no no that's what i was like wait a minute that's a great idea 
Well, you know what? <laughs> the first I'm friends with Tom Waltz on Facebook, where which is as much as you're friends with any famous person on the internet, where it's like you liked their page and they let you like it. <laughs> but he he went on Facebook and said, you know, the big the big uh, champion of that particular moment happening was Sophie Campbell. Oh, was she gave them the idea two years ago? Was it her <laughs> or was it me? Ah, ah. And they can't just say we got the idea from some rando we saw on the internet one time. You know, it's just <laughs> it wasn't me. But oh, <laughs> there, gosh. there are so many more people that are much more talented than I actually doing these things. And it's like, yeah. I just kind of said something that sounded similar at a certain time period that was vaguely in this chestnut of collaboration happening. Yeah, and regardless of you know where it came from, the fact that it's happening and and, and you've been talking about it for so long yeah. is really kind of cool. Oh, it's, it's a coincidence, yeah. But, I mean, like, I couldn't help myself because when they were introduced in the Pantheon and you find out that there's ten of them and there's... They have a father who's a great dragon, a lord dragon that they were preparing the Shredder's body for. It's like, uh, mm. you can't do the dragon lord. I mean, that screamed dragon lord to me. Yeah, and you can't do dragon lord without this other character. character. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't, I mean, you can, but it would ring hollow to people of older fans yeah. that are particular fans of this character. Yeah. Yeah, and and I was I had asked Tom Waltz, and I haven't got a response back. Which I it, it's he's busy. busy. I mean, I understand. Yeah, but I re I asked him. You know, I was like, legally even use this one character because it doesn't fall under the Viacom bubble mm -hmm. or umbrella. You know, but and you know what? I don't think uh, we'll get to it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm so excited. Okay, cool. We're gonna have a whole we've never done a whole episode dedicated to one page before. <laughs> this is really what it's all about. It's going yeah, for sure. For sure. It's we all know what Raphael and Donatello and Michelangelo and Leonardo yeah. do. Not to we sell all... the rest of the book short, because they're the action scenes are great. We're gonna we'll Yeah, whatever. We'll talk they about do... it briefly, but you know I really like how there's an aliens reference in this book, you know, so Ooh. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well yeah, uh so before we go any further, we did get some feedback this week. And mm -hmm. uh, our first email comes from Derek Dowdy, a relatively new listener of ours. And uh, he sent us a picture of some of his pickups. And I have to say I'm very jealous. So the email says, uh, hey, guys, you don't have to put this on the show. I just wanted to show you and ask, is this the same cookie jar that you got years ago, Rob? I think I remember on a show you said that you got a TMNT cookie jar. My sis just happened to find this at a flea market 100 yards from the house for 18 bucks cheap great condition and has the washing instructions inside and everything so take care guys so yeah it's the donatello ceramic cookie jar do you know what this one looks like there josh i i've seen similar ones yeah ceramic one yeah i remember the plastic one oh that yeah came with the, yeah uh, the dark the green peanut one. butter cookies yeah. i remember those I do too. I do too. And Derek, man, congratulations. That that is a great deal for that. Eighteen bucks. If I were to see that in the wild, I would absolutely pick it up. Um I never had it. That's the thing. Um I think either a family member of mine or maybe somebody who was babysitting us really early on. I, I was gosh, young enough to barely remember things. Yeah. Um I remember they had a Donatello ceramic cookie jar and I thought that was the coolest thing and I wanted it. And I think I might have even had the gall to ask for it, even though I was at their house and it wasn't mine. <laughs> I can just see your dad being like, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, I never got it, but I always wanted it. So congratulations. And I was pricing these little ceramic cookie jars. They came out in 1990. I think they go, they range anywhere from about 25 to 30 and then inboxed around 50, which yeah. you know, it doesn't break the bank. I think you know, that's uh, ceramic cookie jars are that price, though. Yeah, true. You know, yeah. yeah I mean, like, you get a big enough uh, ceramic cookie jar. Is like, I used to have a Spider-Man cookie jar that was about 40 bucks when I bought it. Oh, wow, nice. I bought it, at, I bought it at a gift shop at a hospital. I was at a doctor's appointment, and I was I uh, was walking out of it, and I saw that, and it just, like, jumped out of me at the corner of my eye. I was like, I'm going to buy that. And <laughs> then my cat knocked it over because cats are stupid animals. And <laughs> Was it you know, Ninja? 
No, no, no. This was like this was years. Like Grayson wasn't even born yet. This was oh, okay, Mr. Gotcha. the guy that pees on my games. <laughs> oh. So. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, and, and also, I'll send you the picture here in a minute, Josh, but uh, he, he's got a cool little collection here, and I, I can tell from all his, his toys and his plushes and everything that he's a, he's probably a Donatello guy. So, my man, my man. As, as many are. There's a lot of people our age that were... It's so funny when you hear more and more people talk about their collections or their old collections or the first figure they got. It usually somehow always starts out with Donatello. Something about Donnie, I'm telling you. At least, at least in my experience, I've met more Donatello fans than any other. And of course, I was one too. Maybe I just hang around with my kind. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Everybody's. I mean, everyone's kind of nomadic, you know, or tribal. I mean, yeah. So. True. Oh yeah, look at that. Oh yeah, I know exactly what that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, congratulations, Derek. You got a sweet score there, man. And uh, and uh, keep those pictures coming if you want to show off some more of your collection. I always love looking at this stuff. Um, we have an email from a new listener. His name is. <laughs> you got a Donatello Chia. Pack. I know. Did you see that? That was hilarious. Yeah. Oh god. Okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh no, you're good, man. Uh, so our next listener, he's a new listener. His name is David. David, I can't say your last name, buddy. K e r e m e s. Karemis. Karemis. We're probably butchering your name, David. I'm sorry, but uh. Rob made me do it. He says, hi, guys. My name is David, and I'm a new listener to your podcast. I have been and still am a huge fan of the Turtles, dating back to when I was a kid. For the context, I'm now 32. One of the big reasons I got into the Turtles was the original cartoon, but also due to the video games. Being a big gamer myself, I keep up on related gaming news and found out that the company, Arcade 1UP, is making a smaller-scale arcade cabinet of the Turtles arcade games, the original 1989 and Turtles in Time. Yeah. They've done similar cabinets for other franchises such as Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, and Atari games. I am beyond stoked that this is coming out. Fun side note is that it's coming out this year and on my birthday, which is uh, October 13th. Oh, I didn't know that. Awesome. Um, that's an excellent birthday present. There you go. You got to uh, treat yourself. Uh, you may have covered on the show games before, but one question I have for you guys. What is your favorite Turtles video game and why? Mine is Turtle Instant Time, and as it is one of the best visually appealing Turtles games, has excellent co-op multiplayer, and the gameplay is a blast. Thank you for the time, and keep up the great work on the show. David. Oh, thanks for the email, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, for the kind words. So, Hoser, we'll start with you. What's your favorite? If you could pick one, what's your favorite Ninja Turtles video oh, game? This is one of those things. We, we've talked about this a lot. Like mm -hmm. it, it seems to always change. Um, for me, anyway, I know you're Turtles 3. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And that game's that game's tough, man. <laughs> it um, is. My goodness. I I will always go back to the arcade game, but the port on Nintendo. Because oh, wow, really? Uh, yeah, I absolutely just adore that game. I still have that game, um, but I'm playing it on a like a crappy retro system. So like, put you know, it's kind of a chore putting the button commands in, you know, without those knockoff controllers. Um, but it the the port on on NES I really loved that game. It was it, everything you liked about the arcade game, but more where there were more levels, more bad guys, new bosses, um, and really interesting fact: uh, the first Ninja Turtles game on NES sold over four million copies. Isn't that wild? It came out in what eighty nine? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. That game was such a financial success for Konami because Ultra was a subsidiary of Konami because of stuff we'll get into at a different time. But um, that game was such a financial success that Konami issued an order to scrap development on Castlevania 4 to make Ninja Turtles 2. Oh, really? I never knew yeah. that. Yeah, because Castlevania, yeah, it's a flagship series in retrospect, but it wasn't exactly a system seller. Yeah. Uh, nowadays. And Nintendo was embarrassed that they were selling so many systems based on the sales of the Ninja Turtles game and not their games. Crazy, yeah, but and it was like that that was like the third I think it was like the third or second best selling video game of nineteen eighty nine, that first Turtles game. Even though you look back on it, it has like maybe ten percent of it has to do with the Ninja Turtles and the rest is some other stuff that they <laughs> Because I mean, it was developed in Japan, and they had no touchstone for the the cartoon. They and I mean, they just made stuff up, 
And then a couple of years later, and the Ninja Turtles are a bigger success when the arcade game came out, they had the first season and uh, the rumblings of the movie being put in the production to work off of. Yeah. You know? Which is why, like, in the, the... I think it confused everybody when that first Turtles game came out. I think a specific, in particular, a lot of people from the Midwest, like me, who didn't get Ninja Turtles comics, no matter what anybody tells you, we didn't get them. Um, to see the Ninja Turtles on the cover of that game with all red bandanas, it was just, that was super confusing. Oh, yeah, true. I remember that being super confusing. I was like, are they, is this, I thought it was a typo that I had gotten. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, why are they all in red? You know, Raphael's <laughs> right, but all the other ones, you know. You know, it, it's so funny that that immediately reminded me of, uh, gosh, it was years ago we talked about it, but, uh, I have a poster of that, um, and I can't remember who the artist was, but that, that's a famous uh, sketch from uh, one of the one of the big artists yeah. for the Mirage it's, Turtles it's comics. It's a time. cover for the second printing of the fifth issue, I think, fourth or fifth. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, because it had all the aliens and everything. I always had just see that the cover that you see on the the NES game. Mm-hmm. That's not all of it. Oh, no, There's I know. a lot more to it. Yeah. I've got, I remember um, we got in an argument because I've got we did, yeah. here, and you're like, isn't that a dinosaur back there? I was like, yeah, a dinosaur idiot. wearing like a muzzle. It's not a dinosaur. <laughs> it's- but in my defense, I think I showed you the, my poster. Like, if you look at what is shown with just the poster that I have of it, yeah. on the, it looks like a dinosaur wearing a muzzle. A dinosaur with a muzzle. <laughs> this is a dinosaur like, in obedience school. So. <laughs> Oh gosh, yeah, but uh, you know, I've I've told the story so many times with Turtles Three. So if if you want to hear that one, I, I as a matter of fact, I think I addressed it in the last. You episode. talked about it last time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but going, you know, you brought up the first Turtles game uh, real quickly. An interesting story with that for me, and it was a really cool little memory from my childhood. Is I remember playing it. My babysitter, she she would take us to her house sometimes, and and um, we'd go there after school. And then when my mom got home from work, she'd pick us up. Well, anyways, the babysitter's uh, son was my age, and he had the first Turtles game, but I never did. Well, I remember in the late '90s or '97 or whenever Final Fantasy VII was just about to come out, oh, I yeah. wanted it. Yeah, I wanted it so bad, and um, I was a big fan of the American release of three and. Two and three, you know, which I guess were, what, five and six or four and six, I think. I can't remember. Can't keep them all straight. But uh, anyways, so the anticipation of Final Fantasy VII, I asked my stepdad. I said, I'll do anything. I got to get this game. I said, are there any chores you you could have me do? And he's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I got one for you. And we uh, we lived on the dead end street, and we had these man-made ponds. And every now and then, if you didn't dig them out, they would get super shallow. Oh, I remember you telling me this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyways. Your dad made you dig a hole. Your stepdad made you dig a hole. Dig a hole, yep. (laughs) He's like, you know what? I need those those ponds dug out. And um, I got a quarter for a wheelbarrow load, and then I'd have to take them all the way to the drainage ditch, about a half acre away from the ponds, and, and put all the piles of mud there. Man, you have to do a lot for a quarter. For a quarter. Yeah, my dad was hardcore. And so anyways, you know, days and weeks went by, and I'm saving up. I'm working my butt off after school for Final Fantasy VII. Finally, about after maybe two months, I have enough money to get it. So we go to Funko Land. I pick up Final Fantasy VII, and I'm super stoked. And my my stepdad says, you know what? You worked your butt off. I'd like to treat you to a little something. So why don't you pick out another game? And I've been eyeing up. The original Turtles game because I never had it. I remember playing it growing up, but I never had it. And I was like, you know what? I'll play that. Why not? So I picked that up and I take it home and I played both that night and I was just on cloud nine. So that game does have a lot of nostalgia for me. And it's one of those weird ones that I didn't play till much, much later. I was probably preteen at the at that time. Yeah. Um, and I loved it anyway. So you know, it's a testament to the game, and just yeah, some sentimental memories for it. So it's so funny watching my kids play that game. I have my kids play those game, and they're just like, "What is going on?" <laughs> Did they struggle with it? It's like you know what's hilarious is like, especially that first game. Uh, that because that first game, I, I don't want to put anyone down, but it kind of screams rush development. You know. Uh, you think so? Yeah, I, well, okay. I, I do, yeah. Um, because, like, when... The simple, simple thing is, like, one simple thing to notice is, like, when a bunch of bad guys come on screen and everything slows down... <laughs> True. 
And then you play the later games, it's like, oh, that never happens. You're never fighting more than two bad guys at the same time, and they're all the same color every time they show up on screen. So the the CP, the uh, system has to process less, so there is no slowdown. You know, yeah. it's the same thing. It was the same thing that happened in Double Dragon 2, where, like, now there's two enemies on screen, but they're all the same type of enemy and the same color scheme. You know, it's the same thing that happened. Developers, as they learned how to work with the NES, they learned how to trick the game into running better. And in that yeah. first uh, Turtles game, walk into any room in that game and you're just bombarded with enemies from flying Mausers to regular <laughs> Mausers to balloons with missiles on them, leather faces, stone <laughs> men, fire people, whatever, anything. One dude that looks, one dude that kind of yeah. looks like Rat King, but it's not Rat King. Uh, Not Rat King. Oh, yeah, yeah Leatherface, that's true. Because you're talking mm-hmm. about the Chainsaw mm-hmm. guys, right? Yeah. That's and it's just to show you what kind of kid I was when I was growing up. I was like, dude, it's Leatherface. My mom's like, I like that. <laughs> Five years old. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. So, yeah, David, thank you so much for calling in or uh, sending us an email and. We would love to hear more from you, you know, if there's any other video games you like. And one thing that uh, Josh and I do want to talk about one of these days is some of the Game Boy games. We've talked about them or referenced them a few times, but I don't think we've ever taken a whole episode this one Game Boy game. So one of these days we need Ninja to do Ninja Turtles that, 2 but, uh, on Game Boy. It's a great game. It's the best great one. Game. Yeah. yeah. I never played Radical Rescue. I never played that one. You, you know what? The Radical Rescue, it's, real quickly, Radical Rescue is hard. Yeah, didn't that's the one with Scratch, isn't it? Yes, yeah, he's yeah. he's the boss of the third level, I think. Mm-hmm. First or third, and it's like a five level game, short game because it's Game Boy and it's this big. But <laughs> um, you start off the game as Michelangelo, and all the other turtles are imprisoned, and you have to unlock them. And hmm. so as you progress through the game, you unlock another Ninja Turtle, and each Ninja Turtle has a different ability to help them traverse the map. So this oh, cool. this opens up the map to be like now you can find stuff that was on the screen above you that you didn't know was there because this Ninja Turtle can climb up walls or dig tunnels or stuff like that. Ah, oh, that's awesome. I'm, yeah, I'm a tr- and I don't think they're that expensive, are they? They're maybe twenty, thirty bucks. Twenty bucks, thirty bucks a piece. Yeah, yeah. I it mean, depends. I mean, like, do you want to? Do you just? I I just get the games. Yeah. But are you an in-box collector? Do you need a manual? Do you really care if the label is in good condition? <laughs> well, I'll you tell know. you what. For certain things, like the Turtles, I would love to have that just to kind of display it. You know what? What I do is when I want to get an NES game to display, there's a bunch of people that – there's a great website that sells through eBay, and I can't remember what it's called. I'm sorry. But there's a great website that uh, makes hard shell – uh, versions of those old yeah. car, uh, cases, and so I have those for all of my Ninja Turtle games for all for all six of the Nintendo and Game Boy ones. Yeah, yeah. Did, is that also what you got for the? Um, oh, what was it? The the Manhattan one, the PC game you got? No, that's I have the original box. That's the original. Wow. Game. So that that's the cardboard box, like the big box. Yeah, that's, yeah. I've got that. Can't play the game, but I've got it up on my wall, so it looks great. <laughs> it looks great. It's, it's yeah. one of the things I look at every time I uh, we ha- you have your camera on. Yeah. I try to avoid you. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> well, you know, every time I, I have you on the camera, I just kind of tilt my computer a little bit more and more so you can be all envious of my stuff up here. <laughs> You're like, ha, 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 ha. It's like, you I'm, don't have that, do you? <laughs> I'm so alone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, the last bit of feedback we have is from... Mr. Baxter, who is uh, kind of responding to what you said on the last episode, Josh, where Hashtag you were talking about... it wasn't your fault. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hashtag, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Wasn't that a song? Rocksteady, use this turtle Kong to contact his fellow shellbacks. Right, boss. Oh, boy. This is gonna be fun. Hi, this is Judith Hope. As the original April O'Neil from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I'm so glad you called. Leave a message after the beep, and if we're not beating up fat guys and trying to like whip the Foot Clan, we will return your call just as soon as we can. Thanks. So Baxter here, he called in and he um 
he was kind of responding to what you said earlier about the, you know, kind of the darker side of collecting. So he had a couple things to say about that. So uh, whenever you're ready, Josh, I'll do our countdown. All right, I'm good. Hey, guys, it's Baxter. Uh, I'll make this one real fast. I just want to comment on a couple things from last week. Uh, first off, I want to say sorry to all the listeners who can't seem to listen to an episode without hearing my voice. <laughs> so sorry, guys. Uh, but but what? But going back to what you said, Josh, hey, if you want to do a dark side of collecting episode, man, I'm all about it. I've been scammed Ooh. every way possible. Uh People always try to talk you down to make you think what you have is garbage so they can get a good price on it. I've had people pay with stolen credit cards. I've had people send me, you know, wow. have me send stuff overseas. I've had people return empty boxes. Man, I've seen it all. Uh, people on the internet aren't always good people. <laughs> new, right? But, um, but yeah, and also uh, you mentioned that there was a variant figure that you'd been thinking about purchasing. If it's the the sewer surfing Leo, man, I remember you saying that like a while back, and I actually kept one with you in mind. If you want it, get a hold of me. Um, but but real fast, wow. going back to what you said uh, last week, um, you know, asking why would anybody spend that much money on an action figure, and I, I just want to say, man, it's it's the exact same as the the scratch figure. Wow. Um, loose ones are selling for 400 ones on card are selling for about a thousand, you know, really nice ones are listed for even more, but, but I, I just wanted to say like, you know, the reason why people are spending that amount is, well, honestly, first off, I don't think a lot of collectors knew that these even existed. They very, very rarely ever appeared for sale. And, um, and, and once they did appear, they kind of realized, oh, you know, this guy's asking a lot of money for it. Why are these selling for so much? But then they dig into it and they look for more and they realize, wow, these things really almost never come up for sale. And that's yeah. why the price went up. But but to go back to Scratch real quick, I'm about to drop a huge bomb here. Um, you know, Scratch sells for $400 loose, you know, about $1,000 on card. And Scratch isn't even rare. But the exact same thing happened where... On Toy Hunters, the TV show on the I Travel Channel, yeah. I think it was around 2012, uh, the guy told a story about how he saw um, two people at an auction fighting over a scratch figure. And literally, like, within a week or two, the prices just skyrocketed. Now, now scratch was a one-pack figure in 1993. Like, this was still at the peak of, you know, the, the turtle madness. Like, even though it was a one-pack figure, there was a lot of these made, like... It, like the production numbers from my understanding, I could be wrong, are just about the same as uh, Hotspot, Half Court, uh, Sandstorm. Like, but but the prices are through the roof because of this this TV show, and people think it's rare, so they'll spend more money. But man, I know people who literally have cases of scratch figures. Man, they're not rare, and. And I, you know, I just wanted to say that that's the reason why people are spending so much on Slam Dunk and Don. Um, but this figure, unlike Scratch, is actually rare. So uh, again, uh, sorry guys, it's good talking to you. I will, uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. All right, thank you, Baxter. Yeah, from great. What an insightful message. And don't you dare apologize for calling in, man. I always really fascinated with all the knowledge he knows about these figures, yeah. and uh, I think he's kind of an ongoing. Uh, stable the show now. You, you know, know we should all... I'm going to make an executive decision, Baxter. If you ever want to come on the show, just let us know. Yeah, and we got to get that order. If you can get up at seven o'clock in the morning and record with us on a Saturday, you know, <laughs> go right ahead. Because I know Saturdays, man, you're supposed to sleep in on Saturday, but you know, there's no rest for us. But uh, yes, <laughs> but yet, you know, uh, Baxter, I did. I knew about the Toy Hunter episode. I saw that clip on YouTube, and I wrote about it in my book, my uh, Just the Basics. And I suppose I should stop calling it a book, but I, on my uh, retrospective series, Just the Basics, I wrote about that with Scratch, where it was like, I wrote more of the question of, is it actually rarity, or is it people talking about how rare it is that makes this figure rare? With the Scratch action figure, yeah, that was, I, I remember my wife got me that for my birthday a couple of years ago, and a couple of months later for Father's Day, she got me Hotspot. And I think it was later, maybe it was earlier, I can't remember. But she basically, she got me those two figures because I had kind of resolved the fact that I was never going to be able to afford those because 
A, I'm terrible at saving money. So it's just, okay, I've got, I'm saving up $300 and I get the 250 is like, oh, here's this thing that I wanted months ago that I completely forgot about and I've got the money for it. I might just go get that instead. Oh, wait. And so I'm terrible at saving money and uh, my wife just wanted me to have them, I guess. But yeah, and, and it is, and I get the, uh, the, um, the desire for something else in terms of like, um, like novelty figure, like scratch is a novelty by now. It's not mm-hmm. action figure. It's no longer an action figure. It's kind of like a bumper sticker. It's kind of like, you know, just some kind of loud expression that you have about how your collection is legit. My collection's legit, you know, in air quotes, you know, because it, it doesn't matter what you have. It's just that you care about, um, this, crazy thing outside of yourself, your responsibilities, your family, this thing that's just for you. You And that's, and and I don't care if you only collect rise of the Ninja Turtle figures. I don't care if you collect Mirage comics only, it means something to you. And that's, uh, it's kind of, it's really kind of shifty how people, uh, kind of prey on that by gouging just like that. And, like you, man, Baxter, you broke my heart. You said you got empty boxes back or fake, cr- yeah, fake no kidding. cards. That's crazy, man. I, I mean, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking about just like, like more my, uh, my deal with collecting is just like the psychological aspect of it. It's just like how you have like this incessant, just need to get the next thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I got a collectible that I got, um, a set of Ninja Turtles that I'd been looking at for three years. It took me three years to finally find them and get them at a decent price. And then as soon as I got them and took pictures, put them on the shelf, I noticed another pre-order for something new coming out later. And <laughs> Oh man, I want to get that. And I was like, wait a minute, there's gotta be something to this. Like why, why is that? And yeah, that's, it's crazy, man. But yeah, Baxter, if you ever want on the show, just let us know. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm fascinated with the uh, the dark side of collecting kind of stuff. I, I know all about the uh, – uh, I've experienced firsthand, and I'll, I'll, I won't tell the whole story because it's, it's kind of crazy. But I had a whole situation when I tried to sell my, one of my guitars and, and uh, how people try to tell you how worthless it is, you know. And, and I basically caught them. Uh, caught them in the eye. Yeah, kind of, and, and I used their own reasoning against them. And then I ended up selling it for what I was hoping to get from it, which was a fair price. And it was still a great deal. Um, I was still, you know, I still took a loss on the guitar. I originally spent 500 on it and um, sold it for about two. But, you know, I was offered one and, you know, and, and they said that's all it was worth yeah. with the case and everything. But anyways, yeah, I've, Baxter, we got to we gotta make this work. Just send us an email. Let us know if Saturdays are great for us. Yeah. And just let us know if you ever want to do that. But, you know, in the meantime, keep those phone calls coming. And for the rest of our listeners, please keep calling in, keep emailing in. I love – this is like one of the fav- my favorite parts of the show. Besides talking to Josh, talking turtles, nah. is hearing from you all. No joke because you get different perspectives. And we all like the same thing. So we want to hear more from you. But do you like I... it as much as we do? <laughs> it's a competition, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's crazy. No, um – but, you know, actually, one thing you brought up, and this kind of ties into that, the competition thing. I wonder if for a lot of collectors, it's a competition. You're like, hey, I got it first. There is that. There is totally that. I think there's some Yeah, it's like I, that. when yeah. – um, see, that's why I limit myself to one thing because I bought, like, other brands of toys and stuff like that. Like, I was for a little while, I expanded my Turtles collection by buying stuff that fit within the scale of the old Turtles that Playmates did, like, you know, Toxic Crusader figures – the stone protectors, those weird troll dolls with lighters inside of them. Um, you know, and I was like, you know, it looks like it could fit in with those toys. I'm going to buy those. Like the Dick Tracy toys are my favorites because like, um, the Ninja Turtles in the old cartoon fought the mafia so many times. I never figured out why they didn't do mafia figures, but, um, yeah, it is a, it, there is a little bit of competition. Like Anthony Hernandez, man, like every week he's got something new coming in. And for his show, and it's crazy. He gets these awesome, like, high-end collectible series, like SH Figure Arts and Mezco 112 action figures, which are really, like, posable statues, not really action figures. And I find myself being kind of jealous because, like, I can't get those. I, you know, and 
Um, yeah, sure. And even if sure. I could afford them, where am I going to put them? You know, I, at the point <laughs> right now that I'm at where it's like, if I want to put something on display, I have to take something down. And I don't want to do that. I want to display everything. And I just don't, on my half of the room, I'm just out. I'm out of room. I know what you mean. Yeah. I, I actually kind of threw that today, or not today, uh, earlier this week. Oh, actually, that brings me up to something I completely forgot about, but I definitely want to mention. Guys, if you backed uh, Jim Lawson's Kickstarter, there was a complete set of Dragonfly that he worked on before he sold it over to Chris Vance, which he's handled the comic wonderfully. I can't wait to see it. But anyways, um, it was a complete edition of the first three issues of Dragonfly, plus a new book called Hellride that he did. And he also sent um, a sketch signed that he had done of Dragonfly. You could kind of pick the ones you wanted. And um, first of all, Side note, Hellride is one of the best comic issues I've read in a long time. And it's not because it's Jim Lawson. It's because it's an awesome story right. and awesome artwork. And it's a, it's a one-shot. It's just one story, one and done, and it is fantastic. And kind of got the creative juices going for me. I, I've been writing a lot more lately. But anyways, the sketch that he drew was awesome, and I wanted to frame it. And I'm looking at my wall in the garage. I'm like, I have no room. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I know, have right? To take something down to put it up. Yeah. But uh, – but yeah, um, real quickly before we get into the comic issue, I did want to say a quick thank you to and a sh- uh, give a slice of pizza out to fellow podcasters out there. I got to catch up on Booyaka Show, the, the latest episode, and I just want to thank Zach because he had very kind things to say about our show, and um, it's it's always uh, really kind of nice to hear that kind of stuff. And you know, this is one thing that I do not think we are competitive about. Um, I, I think the Turtles podcast out there, in in my experience, is we're all trying to help each other out, or we just keep our mouth shut. You know, I've never heard another podcast batch another podcast or anything like that. And um, I think that's really cool and kind of rare um, because I've heard wrestling podcasts that'll slam other podcasts. I'm like, but um, but we're all, but we're all oh, I didn't. Even, that was a pun. That you knew what you were doing. doing. I didn't, but I'll pretend I did. Yeah. <laughs> but don't that big old bow on the Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't do Macho Man anymore, man. I'm, I smoke too much. You know. <laughs> uh, so, Booyaka Show, go check them out. Wonderful show. Um, and Zach does a great job with the Nickelodeon cartoon. And he talked about some NECA figures as well in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, NECA has um, been advertising the same figures for the last three years. And, though they're coming out soon. No, they're not. <laughs> Josh. No, they're not. I'm sorry. Uh, and, and a big slice of pizza goes out to uh, TMNT Minute. They just interviewed Robbie Rist. As you're hearing this, the interview will probably already be out. But as we're recording this, it's about, I think they said it was going to drop on Monday. So about three days from the time we're recording this. So go check it out. If you're listening, it's probably already out. Um, another really solid show, but there's a lot of great ones out there. TMNT Dare Talk, Turtle Power Podcast, Turtle Soup. I think they've recorded their 200 episode or they're getting close to it. Turtle Power Pod, TMNT Power Hour, Big Slice of Pizza, all those guys, some great stuff. And like I said, we're all fans of the same thing, so might as well just try to check them all out. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be screwed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the IDW Mutation Station. All right, all right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All aboard. <laughs> so, Josh. Yeah. Without us selling. I don't care about anything. Last oh, day. well, I, we got to talk about it. Will you stop? I'm kidding. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was wondering if. Okay. So this issue revolves around the turtles trying to save Jenica, right? Uh-huh. I was wondering if Jenica was going to be out of commission for the whole City of War story arc. That's what I was wondering, too. I was like, they. I, I was I was really worried about them just dragging slow, that yeah, out. Yeah, slow burning it. I was, you know, I was kind of, that was my biggest fear because that's the one thing I wanted to know. And I'm like, dang it, IDW, take my money. I just got to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, and, and you know what? Like, it really hit me yesterday that Jenica, she was mortally wounded by Karai in issue, like, what, 93, I think? 93? Yeah, part five. Yeah. Uh, 93, so for the last two issues, two and a half, really, because the free comic book day dealt with this, too. Free comic book day issue dealt with it. Um, she has been slowly dying, and then you, when you kind of realize that the last three issues have taken, have taken place in, like, the last, like, hour in real time, yeah. kind of, it's crazy. But it's handled well. If they were just gonna like 
save her revival for one page in issue 100 or 99 yeah, or something. Yeah, Well, first, I mean, I thought she was a goner. You know, when it first happened, uh, I thought, she, okay, there's no way. I thought she was a guy. Me yeah. too. Me too. And I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll preface everything with this. Tom Waltz, you are a genius. At least you, you've definitely fooled me. Maybe you don't have to be a, Jesus, uh, a genius to fool me. You don't have to be Jesus yeah. for that. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't have to be Jesus either. Uh, but I mean, it would help. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can't. Uh, but seriously, uh, that's not water you're drinking, huh? <laughs> what? Whoa! I don't usually do this, but let's keep this party going. <laughs> oh, Josh, I'll tell you. Uh, but what I was, was gonna say is, okay, at first I was like, okay, she's gonna die because Karai impaled her. It looks bad. Um, she's gonna die. And then I was thinking, after reading the last issue, okay, they're going to save her. They're going to find a way to save her. I did not see the way they were going to do it in this issue. No. First thing, real quick, I think it's really, really cool how much, at least within our community, uh, for on our Facebook community on with the Turtle Flakes page on Facebook, how much everybody's really kind of rallied behind Jenica. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is a character that we've known for almost 50 issues now. Yeah. And she started out arguably as a bad guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Intending to murder Splinter. Um, working with Darius Dunn and the the, the amazing Street Phantoms. Um, <laughs> any opportunity. Oh, yeah, I, I can feel that. But um, And then now she's like a caretaker to these orphan children. Her and Casey Jones are arguably kind of in love a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, or just it's getting there. You know, it's really cool. And like, you realize she had a rough upbringing, and she found she found family. So like, Shredder was not like an evil dude to her. Yeah. You know, so it's this cool new perspective on the Foot Clan because not all not. I mean, just because like we're seeing them from the Turtles' perspective, and yeah, they look evil, but there are people within the Foot Clan where that's their home. Mm-hmm. You know, and you and then her worldview changes and she realizes what was going on with the foot clan and what splinter is trying to do and what the turtles are doing now and so she, you got to see like over 50 issues off in the background you have to see this amazing character arc with this with this original as far as i know this original character here mm-hmm. and now her arguably because we don't know yet but her stability might be askew yeah, yeah, um, and I'm so glad you brought now, up now's the now's the scary part. Yeah, yeah, I'm so glad you brought up the, um, you know, just the progression of her character. In 50 issues, she's be- she's become like a very, very beloved character who's basically yeah. taken a 180 from the series. And the only character I can really think of that is similar to her is Old Hop in that context. But he's been around for a hundred some issue or close to 100 issues yeah yeah he was there from the first issue yeah yeah so so you've got this character that's not been around for super long i mean 50 issues is a long time don't get me wrong but compared to some of the other characters she's not been there that long um, well i mean but yet we care about been, her she's been there for 50 issues but she hasn't been in 50 issues sure well yeah yeah you know? you're right yeah so she's there and like i said i mean she's a side character you know, I mean, I'm sure she's somebody's favorite character, but she's the side character. Well, you know, the reason I bring that up is we care about this character. The bottom line is, I this is one of my favorite characters in the in the whole series. It's a brand new character, and at the time we talked about this, I thought maybe she's because she's brand new, she's expendable. But I think there's such, like you said, such a, a fan base for her now that if she were to die, it would be a big deal. She's not expendable anymore, man. There's just by seeing, just from our community of fans, how many people are just like behind this character. If they were to kill off Jenica next issue or ten issues from now, three issues from now, people would be like, "Dude, done." Um, no. Well, especially this- now, yeah, especially what happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Don't tease this, man. I, that's I didn't. That's even what I was worried about. Yeah. Don't don't tease this. So, um, the issue begins with um. So the whole thing it ties in with the last issue, Donatello. Libby and Harold and Lindsay from the mutant animals, the human scientist friend of them, uh, they have the mutagen or the ooze. I don't know if they call it mutagen in this book. I still don't know, but they basically are banking on the restorative properties of the ooze that April helped cure her father of paralysis from, cause he had a stroke and he was paralyzed after that. 
Um, they're basically trying to use the ooze to uh, heal her wounds because she's rapidly dying. Mm-hmm. So basically they have her to the point to where she's done bleeding, but she's still dying. And they've got her in this big uh, sensory deprivation chamber, it looks like. And they got her in an airtight chamber, yeah. basically. Um, and, so, and, you know, now is the hard part, especially for a guy like Casey Jones, where, like, he just he wants to punch something because that's Casey. But it's this really cool moment with uh, uh, Alapex and Nobody, who are, like, secretly, like, the dynamic duo. Like, they're just off, like, in Hell's Kitchen, fighting crime, Batman and Robin style. I yeah, really like too. that. But they're telling... Casey's like you need you need to be alert right now don't be thinking about things that you can't yeah. fix because Casey was like I should have went with Raphael you know I should have went with him and the Mutanimals and fought whoever and then Alapex and Angel Angel yeah um, they're just like you know just what good would that do Jenica right now she wouldn't have been here if you went with whoever mm-hmm. you know and suddenly there's a security breach as soon as they hook up the ooze to Jenica, before it reaches her bloodstream, because they got this big IV thing, um, before it starts infusing with her to heal her, there's a security breach, and Metalhead and the EPF, including Agent Bishop, attack Harold Black. Yeah, that's a great fight scene right here, yeah. Yeah, and I really love, like, immediately Don- uh, Metalhead goes after Donatello. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he remembers, you know, and that's yeah. a callback to the the universe story arc. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was you know that was one of the better arcs of mm-hmm. universe. There was a two issue arc of uh, basically Age of Ultron with the Ninja Turtles <laughs> in it. Um, I, I really liked that. So it was like you know uh, there were basically two Donatellos for a couple of issues, and it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, then Libby gets her moment here. Uh, she gets her. I don't know if that suit that she wears has a name to it. Uh, power. power <laughs> there you go there you go yeah and uh so she and metalhead they kind of duke it out here while the turtles are trying to fight the epf man she manhandles metalhead she does she does yeah i don't think metalhead calculated that one no he didn't yeah because it was just like why would he care about them because these two like non-threatening bookworms are not going to do anything to them yeah you know you know, and there's a great. I always love it when you see the Ninja Turtles fight like military esque groups of people, where it's just like you've got all the hardware and heavy hitting weaponry that the military can provide against ninjas. You yeah. know, I really like that that dichotomy there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, the layouts that Dave Watcher does, it, you know, they're they're wonderful in this. And that that's been a very good, consistent quality of this entire series. The fight scenes are always top-notch i mean and they look great here i love that metalhead rips off the limbs of libby's power armor oh it looks it looks awesome just he's he's basically starting to pick her apart a little bit but she's holding her own too blasting him while the turtles they hop in the turtle van and harold programs the teleporter to take them to the next nearest place which happens the to be t-rex with a muzzle on it <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Drives right into the uh, T-Rex's muzzle. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it transforms them or takes them to the turtle lair, we eventually find out, the old sewer. Uh, right right after the turtle van drives through the uh, portal, Libby destroys it. So Metalhead yeah. can't. And, and I thought they were going to die here, Libby and Harold. I did too. And Bishop's like, no, because, you know, you have to further the story. Bishop's like, you two are going to come with us, and it would be within your best interest to stop trying to fight us. Yeah, yeah. And so, Harold and Libby are not dumb, so they're going to go with them. They're they're not going to work for them, but they're not going to die right now. Yeah. But um, it is really cool. You'll see. Well, actually, we'll wait a minute because the next page is actually pretty cool too. Right after that fight scene, we get to see April in the campaign offices of more than likely New York's next mayor, Baxter Stockman. They don't, they don't show you all of it, but April walks in on a meeting between Baxter and Madam Null. We don't, we don't find out what Null is there for. There's going to be a a proposal, I would guess some kind of deal made, but Null is probably more than likely Null's there for, she's looking for protection from the mute animals because the mute animals just destroyed her, uh, her, 
building or the building with her name on it. Um, and but unfortunately, we just don't see what happens after that. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they get they get back to the sewers, and finally, um, oh, what is that girl's name? The girl that's setting up the IV and everything. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Leslie or Lindsay. Lindsay. That's it. That's it. I get Lindsay and Libby confused a lot. One cool detail about this uh, sewer layer here is we haven't seen this. The turtles haven't been in this layer long time. Eight. Been that long issue eight wow. and old hob and the mousers attack because the first thing that happens is michelangelo picks up a dead mouser oh true yeah like, yeah yeah and he even says like i never thought we'd be here again yeah yeah so it's kind of interesting it's, things have kind of gone full cir- circle here yeah we haven't seen this sewer layer since 2012 yeah the dire circumstance here is that um they're at a mutagen and she's dying so now they have to do the plan c Okay, so what happens is is um, Donatello tells uh, Angel that we ha- they can't stay in the sewer lair for long because Donatello knows about this lair, and since Donatello knows about it, Metalhead knows about it because Metalhead came from Donatello, basically. Uh, you know, long story short, Metalhead will know where this location is, and eventually, probably sooner rather than later, they're going to find them. So they can't. They have to hurry up and work on Janica and move her. So Angel says, "I can take you to my dad's place. None of you have ever been there. My dad's probably not going to be there anyway. We can hold her there. Nobody knows where that is. Not even Donatello knows where that is. So the plan is to move Janica after they stabilize her. And how they're going to stabilize her is Donatello proposes to Leonardo, we're going to do a blood transfusion." Because the turtles have the mutagen in their system, it's restorative process, it's restorative properties, can heal Jenica or at least get the wound to not bleed anymore and stop all the internal bleeding and they can stabilize later. And Leonardo, his immediate reaction is, what's that going to do? You know, we don't know what that's going to do, why this is crazy. And Donatello's like, I don't care if it's crazy. It's the only option we have. The only option they have. Yeah. yeah. And so Donatello or Michelangelo, Alapex, Angel, and Casey Jones leave to stake out to secure a good route to Angel's parents' place. <coughs> Excuse me. And Lindsay and Donatello and Leonardo stay behind with Jenica and perform a blood transfusion. And almost immediately, as soon as Leonardo's blood hits Jenica's system, she wakes up and starts to mutate. Yeah. And she turns into a turtle. Yep. End of issue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's not even a wait what moment from anybody. Like, it's just, it, all you get is a dialogue box to be continued. And you yep. see Jenica yep. wake up. This is the first time in like three issues that she's been awake. And she's a turtle now. Yeah. Her eyes are open, so she most likely she's going to be okay. Uh, here's the thing. Physically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is wonderful. This is so cool. When I first, you know, when Leonardo did the IV, I was like, wait a minute. Are they? No. And I remember in the back of my mind, I, I remember people starting to post about it. And to everyone's credit on, on social media that I follow, no one actually said it. Uh, yeah, all, all I've on. heard, the only thing I ever said was like, uh, you need to read issue 95 yes. like right now. And I texted <laughs> you, it was like, I, I texted you that morning. I was like, I give it to you. What you're doing right now, go to the comic <laughs> store and pick up issue 95. Like, I, I don't care if you're at school. And- yeah, you know, that's not far from what really happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, so we, we were out, my wife and I were, and then Josh texts me. Uh, we had the kids. I think we were at a splash pad or something. I said, well, you mind if we swing by the comic shop on the way home? So we did. And, and then I got busy with something else, so I didn't actually read it till like, a day later. And then when I did, I was, oh, my gosh, I could not believe it. And I had immediately text him. So, yeah, Jenica, is, is she going to be a permanent Ninja Turtle? And if so, we haven't – now, seriously, this has only happened once before. That right? This only happened once before where we had a female turtle, and that was Venus de Milo back in the next mutation era in the late nineties. Yeah, aside and... from some very questionable fan art on Tumblr, uh, <laughs> this has not been done. 
This has since not been done before. Since 1997. Uh, so over, over 25 years ago. Don't Google that, kids. Ago. It'll ruin a bunch of stuff. Oh, don't, don't listen do to it. Josh. Jeez, you, what a hoser. Yeah. Um, so this hasn't been done in 25 years. And the last time it was done, most fans did not like it. So yeah, As soon as they kudos. found out there was a girl turtle, they hated it. Yeah, kudos to Tom Waltz for, first of all, taking that gamble. And kudos to our fans for being a lot more accepting, at least from what I've experienced, yeah. with this idea. And I think one, one is that we're, I think overall as a culture, we're a little bit more open-minded. Uh, well, we're all bit. older now, too. It's just sure, like, sure. We see that and be like, all right, yeah. Yeah. And two, I think the fact that it's Jenica, I, I, and I think this is even that, maybe more the reason. That's it's, the hook. Yes, it's Jenica. It's a character we like and care about that actually makes us okay with this. So most people, I'm, I'm sure not everyone's thrilled, but I think for me personally, I'm engaged with this. I, I hope Jenica is a permanent character. I hope this isn't a temporary thing where they're like, oh my gosh, she's a turtle for five issues. Let's change her back. Yeah. You know? I, well, I hope the thing, that's not the thing the of it is, is like, she's not, I, I don't believe she's going to be the fifth turtle. I believe really? she's still going to be. She's still going to be Jenica. Yeah. It's kind of like you know, Slash was a bit. Oh man, I forgot about Slash. I was, I'm sorry. I was. I wrote an article about the best fifth turtles, and I completely forgot about Slash. Oh yeah, yeah. I put Toka in there. Same character. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's the same thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> don't get him started. Yeah, don't get me started. Um, <laughs> but like, Slash was there. And whether it was dumb slash or smart slash, um, he was never the fifth turtle. He was always slash. He was his character. You know, it was he was the dude who was super smart, read poetry, and ate candy bars. You know, that was that was what he did. And now you've got Jenica, this hardcore assassin, street level character, who's a caretaker of children, and now she's a ninja turtle. Yeah, the only thing I think that makes this different, though, Josh, is she's around a lot more, you know? Like, she's around a lot more than Slash was. Slash was hanging out with the Mutanimals, where she's hanging around with Splinter. And the turtles are always near Splinter. Well, think about it this way. Before issue 50, you saw a lot more of Slash. True, yeah. And now, after issue 50, you see a lot more of Jenica. It's, it's a rotating thing, where, like, every now and then you'd get a story and Slash would be there. Well, now it's like every now and then you get a story and Jenica is there. You okay. know, it's like, yeah, it's, true. This isn't going to be – what I'm saying is like this isn't going to become Jenica's book. You no, know, no. It's all oh, about that. the four yeah. Ninja Turtles. I guarantee next year you're going to get a, a Jenica miniseries. I'm just, oh, uh, gosh, I'd read it. I, I'd read that. I'm probably going to, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, if, if you – this answers my question last week about what happens after issue 100. Are we, are we even going to bother keeping with it? You know, oh, you've got my interest now. Like issue yeah. one hundred and one, you've got like these. The it, not that I'm waiting for a Jenica book, but you've got the promise of just more. There's still more to come. And, and I'll tell you, I kind of secretly hope we do get more of her. Oh no, they're I mean, not going to. IDW is too smart to pull a to pull a Captain Marvel. You know, they're not going to. They're not going to be like, oh well, now every book is about her and her beliefs and her standards, and it's like, no, man, this is. This is going to be a new character. What I'm thinking is, is this is going to be opening the door to more characters. Like now, you're going to see like Mona Lisa. You're going to see Rex Ten. You're going to yeah. see uh, Ground Chuck and Dirtbag. Let's go crazy. You're going to see like you know the Turtle Titans. You know, you yeah. just like weird stuff now. And but, like, honestly, some of the more off the wall stuff. Yeah, and I think that definitely will happen. And honestly, I here's kind of what I hope for Jenica. I hope she's just as prevalent in the story as Casey Jones is. Casey Jones isn't the star of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but he's a major player. And I kind of hope Jenica is too. That's another question. What's yeah. going to happen with him and him and Jenica's relationship now? Well, I mean, they kind of teased, they kind of teased that April and Casey still have some some feelings. Well, I kind of read it as he's kind of moved on. And she kind of realizes, oh, he was a great dude who had a bad day, and I should have been there for him. <laughs> that maybe, yeah. Because like it was all in the presentation of, oh, she's here. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, oh I've her. heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah. um, 
it would be really cool, you know, to it's going to be really cool and interesting to see. Casey is not here for this. So yeah. when he shows up in the next year or the issue after that, where it's like, Jenica, what happened? You know, yeah. and I don't know. That this could is... potentially paint Casey in a bad light to be like, yeah, I like you. You look like a turtle now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or are they going to do like the really tired, I'm a monster, don't look at me kind of a thing? I hope they don't do, go that route. But, you know, it's it's perfectly natural for her to respond that way. I mean, but... I, if they do that, I hope they don't take too long with that. Yeah, Because sure. the Fantastic Four has been a thing for, so, like, 50 years now, and they still do that, you know, it's with the thing. It's like, as much as I love the thing, yeah, okay, we get it. You've been a monster and like for decades now, and the community loves you, you know. Just yeah, deal with it. Yeah. So, so that leads us into the question of the week guys uh this is a huge one uh this is a milestone i think in a lot of ways and i'm so grateful that that fans have been a lot more accepting this time around but how do you guys feel how do you feel about a or potentially permanent female turtle jenica how do you feel about this yeah because like in in terms of continuity there's no way to demutate anybody yeah i don't has it happened uh-huh i don't think so yeah no. and i sure hope they don't do that but you never know but bottom line is I'm very excited with the possibilities that this and the doors this opens up. And we'd love to hear from you guys. So that is the question of the week. And don't forget, every two months I'm going to do like a random drawing for a giveaway for all our emails and calls um, that we've received during that time. Maybe, you know, just something small where I put a little, I don't know, a couple loose figures in a box. Jay Jorgensen, I'm going to get you hooked up, buddy. And I put some extra goods in there since you've waited for about eh, two years. <laughs> but... uh Send us an email. Our email address is turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at turtleflakes, and we do have a Facebook group page at facebook.com slash groups slash turtleflakes. And give us a call. Our TurtleCom hotline is just a voicemail uh, service where you can tell us what you think about um, Jenica right now, what you think about City at War, or just the turtles in general. Uh, give us a call at 865-309-4875. And uh, don't forget Turtley Tubular Turtle Tuesday by Anthony Hernandez. It is a YouTube show dedicated to classic and modern Ninja Turtle toys. So just search them up on YouTube or we'll provide a link in the show notes where you can check all his great stuff out. And we are proud partners of the Retro Gaming Times magazine at classicplastic.net slash TRT. And then, of course, last but not least, uh, Hoser Josh's Turtle Tracks blog. Would you like to talk about that real quick, Hosehead? Uh, yeah, the Turtle Tracks blog is basically where I uh, lament about pop culture, um, talk <laughs> about uh, movie news, comic books, toys, video games, basically whatever interests me at the time. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, a gaming channel uh, called the Turtle called Turtle Tracks Games, um, where basically you're just going to see uh, videos of me playing uh, games. Okay. You know, <laughs> uh, I recently did a, an entire playthrough of Resident Evil Five took me like oh god it took a long time to get all that stuff uploaded because it ended up being 18 videos uh, and now i'm just kind of focusing on friday the 13th and dead by daylight for a while uh there's going to be a new playthrough starting next week uh where i'm going to be playing through a game called bendy and the ink machine um a game that i had no idea about until my daughter got it for her birthday and i think i've played it more than she has because i just <laughs> I saw her playing it, and I took the game from her. It's like, all right, this is mine now. <laughs> I'm the dad. You can't because that's what dads do. <laughs> can't do anything about it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, guys, uh, once again, please email in and and let us know what you think. So, um, really exciting stuff. And on the next episode, um, oh, I almost forgot. Uh, Josh and I have been talking about this. We're gonna go back to kind of our old format for a little while, um, where we cover. Well, we're going to have long, slightly longer shows, but we're covering more for those for those uh, shows. Just it's going to be two um, episodes a month rather than you know a weekly show. So we're going to go back to our format of a toy, a comic book, and a cartoon episode all in one show. Kind of going back to the era format of our show um, for for now. So according to my math, I think we are back to the classic era, and it's going to be a little tricky because we both got to get our hands on the Mirage issue somehow. Um, so we can talk about it. And then eventually, um, Josh, he brought up a, a really cool um, fan-made film, the Casey Jones film, that uh, we got to yeah. check out too. Maybe we can do that in the meantime but while we um, you know, pick yeah, up Yeah, I'm going to tell you right whatever. now, there's no way I'm going to be able to get all of these old Mirage books. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I, I wish there's a way we could read them online somehow. So we you know, about... I mean, right now we're at the era of the Ninja Turtles Mirage books where it was just kind of the shotgun effect. Where like there were oh, barely yeah. there was there was no real continuity there because it was like issue issues like one through eleven, and then they're in Northampton for a long time, and then at nineteen twenty and twenty one. They did return to New York, which is a really good, which is where I suggest we start, you know, because that's just a really good okay. storyline and it's readily available, uh, yeah, on on Amazon and stuff like that. Well, maybe we should do that then, and, and then just kind of collect the the one shots from Northampton um, as we go, because they're, one, they're kind of expensive, and two, they're kind of hard to find. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a reason why they they constantly print the first eleven issues, the micro series. Return to New York, and then yeah. the original City at War. There's a reason yeah. why they keep uh, reprinting those because that's really the important stuff. That's the core Ninja Turtle stuff. Well, yeah, stay tuned for that, guys. So we're definitely going to go back to the classic era. So on the next episode, we'll probably be covering a classic toy, classic Mirage book. We don't know exactly which issue yet, yeah. but we're, we'll cover that and definitely talk about the original cartoon. And uh, we're really excited about that. So, Jose. The question we all want to know is what type of pizza are we going to have to close out another totally tubular episode of Turtle Flakes? Oh, man. Uh, I don't even know. I haven't thought about this. So. <laughs> Keeping you on your toes. I never think about this. You know, I'm just glad that I'm the one that has to come up with it because if you do it, it's going to be some weird, stupid pizza. And if Jay Weezy does it, it's going to be another weird, stupid pizza. So I'm going to be the guy that's going to come up with a weird, stupid pizza, too. Uh, just because I want to be included. Oh, nice. So I'm going to say we have a... What's a dumb pizza that young people like nowadays? Um, uh, well, you know, I, ha- I had a pizza that was wonderful this time. You go for it. I'm, I've, I'm drawing blanks right now. You go ahead. All right. Well, uh, my wife and I, we went to uh, downtown in Knoxville, and we tried a sun-dried tomato and pesto pizza and was out of this world. Oh, man. I don't oh, like so it. Good. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that sounds awesome, though. I was thinking, I, honestly, I was thinking vegetarian pizza, too. Oh, so good. So good. And, and the sun-dried tomatoes, believe it or not, they almost tasted like crumbled on bacon. It was so good. Like fire-roasted. Oh, so good. So, uh... So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sticking with us over the many years that we've been doing this podcast. And on behalf of Josh and myself, here's to hoping you enjoy your friends, enjoy your family, and a mega slice of sun-dried tomato and pesto and jelly bean and sprinkle pizza. Or if you're not from New Jersey. you had to ruin it. What the? <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in. No. So, uh, so cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga, everyone. Your wife is like, we got stuff to do. And my wife is like, so, that's all you're going to be up there for? That's all you're going to be, all right, yeah. All right, bye. That's <laughs> You're down here already? Yeah, all right. <laughs> so she seems disappointed. <laughs> <laughs>